But I'm extremely skeptical this is possible at all. Because it's, in my opinion, it's exactly the same problem as getting the computer to write a novel. Right? That's what programming is. Um, a whole bunch of people who are not programmers would say it's not like that, and they're wrong. Mm. Um, mm. And so, <laughs> what more, more proof do you need? <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> Friends and enemies, delightful listeners, too bad voltage. Welcome to season three, episode thirty-two oh. of our little show. I mean, that seems like a lot. So many episodes. I don't know about you, but that seems like a lot. The thing there is the seasons had an arbitrary number of episodes, so season three, episode thirty-two, doesn't mean. I don't know I, what it means. I don't have any very clear picture of how many shows there have actually been. I must no, admit. No idea. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like we've been doing Bad Voltage for about two years, but we've been doing it a lot longer. No, well. it, it wasn't the first show in like 2016 or something. That's so, yeah, it's, wow. It's getting five glorious years of Bad Voltage. I know, it's just... We are, we're old as shit, that's what this tells me. That, that, this is kind of what happened, you know, I blinked and like eight years went past. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And what have we got to show for it? Nothing. Wah, wah, wah. It was mentioned to me. I was doing a um, sort of online panel thing, and I thought my webcam's a bit bobbins by comparison with everybody else's. And then I realised that I bought it when I bought the computer in 2013, so I should probably buy a new one. Is your current computer that was from 2013? Yeah, I mean, I've, because I bought a desktop, I've upgraded bits of it, so it's like ah, you know, uh, that's right. Tri- triggers, okay. triggers broom sort of computer. We still got the original motherboard and chip and everything, but that's fine. <laughs> triggers broom is not going to make any sense to any of the Americans listening. Uh, okay, so Americans with some education, the ship of Theseus, and <laughs> I can't, I can't help you if you're not if you're American and don't understand either of those references. No Americans were helped by that statement. <laughs> then I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I'll concede the Trigger's right. Broom thing is a bit, you know, locally specific. Also, just for the record, the quality of your webcam does not matter for an audio-only podcast. Just going to concede chuck this that pati- out there. This particular point, yes. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to impress you two. In fact, I- I'll go further. I've never been trying to impress you two. <laughs> Uh, you have succeeded. Um, so, oh, 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 man. <laughs> that was harsh. <laughs> also, Trigger's Broom, title of the show. <laughs> okay, I have to make a note. Right, um, go, tell them, what we, tell them what we're going to talk about. I thought you were going to tell us what we're going to talk about. I am, but I'm writing Trigger's Broom in the notes so I don't lose track of it. Right. L- luckily, it's two very short words, so yeah. It's- right, so I have, I have now laid down. So, what I thought would be interesting to talk about, because it's been um, in the news a little bit recently, and um, I suspect a reasonable portion of people listening to this show will have heard of it and be interested in what's going on with it, is GitHub Copilot. So this is uh, Nat Friedman, who is CEO of GitHub. Um, describes it as an AI pair programmer that helps you write better code. They say GitHub Copilot draws context from the code you're working on, suggesting whole lines or entire functions. So basically, the way it works um, is you start typing out a function or you type the comment line that would be at the top of a function, and then the AI provides you with what it thinks that function should be. Um it, in theory, works for any language or anything like that, but they particularly point it at a few Python, JavaScript, a couple of others. Um, but part of the reason for that, I suspect, is that that's what a lot of the training corpus is. It seems to have been trained on at least all the open source code on GitHub. Uh, where did you randomly insert the word open source there? I'm from the uh, for, uh, from the Copilot website. Didn't it say all the public repositories on GitHub? Ah, oh, okay, fair. Um, Isn't that open source by definition? Absolutely not. Mostly, no. Which gets to one of my problems with Copilot. But we're we're getting well, a little yeah, well, well, we we, yeah. we will get into that. Hold up. your hold your horses, Jeremy. <laughs> hold your horses. <laughs> but the answer to your question is no. 
trained on billions of lines of public code. So yeah, we, we have a whole bunch of stuff we want to get into, but that's going to be one of the things. We're going to get into the license so. thing, but but do we know what proportion of code on GitHub do we think is properly licensed as open source? We do, we do not know any more about that than we did when we had this discussion with Steve Wally, who works for Microsoft, about this particular point Yes, like three years ago, where... The question is where... Well, not much changes in tech in three years, really, <laughs> if you think about it. I, I've never seen a stat with lines of code that are properly licensed versus not. I don't personally. know. I mean, I'm just yeah. being an, I'm just being facetious. Agreed. Um, yeah, <laughs> this, this is one <laughs> of those things cold where... Burns. Um, this changed when GitHub started saying things like, um, you can have uh, private repositories without paying and so on. But at least in theory... Um, GitHub only let you use public repository if your code was open source. That was the rule, right? Um, so the question Wait, is, if what? you put your, it, yeah, you, uh, um, you, the, the, the terms of service or whatever said if you're hosting code on GitHub and you're not it in said a, said you had the rights to the code. I don't ever recall in any iteration of the terms of service them requiring it to be open source. I. You see, now I thought I knew that, and now you've got me doubting myself. I was under the impression that if you were in a public repository, so if you were in a private repository, you could store what you like because you were paying. But if you were in a public repository, part of the deal was your code had to be open source. I think you were now, just asserting that you had the rights to the code. Right. Okay. The, the, the reason the reason I say this is because that has a very strong bearing on the question of is all the public code on GitHub open source or not? Because if GitHub said that it was supposed to be, anyone who goes, my code isn't open, but it was public on GitHub, was breaking the terms of service. But now I don't. Now I think maybe that's not right. Damn. All right, <laughs> let's let's go back to yes. what Copilot is for people who uh, who don't know what it is and don't know what triggers Broom is. Um, <laughs> what is? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, right, so so you type in a, you type in a, a comment, and it will generate a snippet of code that it believes is going to do the thing that you type the comment in, right? It yes. doesn't have to be a comment, though. It doesn't have to be a comment. You might start, name, whatever it is. You might start yeah. typing out a function. Um, it's right, a, it's right. supposed to use um, the code you've already written in this file or whatever as input to its search as well. So it's not just a li literally a search engine. It's meant to be attempting to provide you what it thinks you're looking for. This, as with all AI stuff, is a kind of, well, that's part of what we want it to do. Whether it's managing or not is another question. But I think it's, imp it's important to, for us to distinguish that this is not autocomplete, right? Which has been around for years in IDEs and editors. It's, it's not IntelliSense. It's not, uh, no. it, it is it's in, not IntelliSense. It, it is, in practice, a AI ML powered autocomplete, though, in a lot of ways. But I'm talking about, I'm not talking about AI. I'm talking about in the, what people who are familiar with IDs and editors would think of in terms of you type in the first couple of letters of a function or a class and it will pop up a little uh, thing and then you select down the one. With all it's the matches. It's not that. It's 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 not that. It's more than that. Now Correct. whether it's good or not, we're going to get into it's it, it's right? much more like um you know in Gmail for people who use Gmail um they've started doing autocomplete of sentences. So you start typing a sentence and it shows you what it yeah. thinks you should put. And it's, that's a good that's a good comparison. It's yeah. it's kind of right ish. Some of the time, and we talked about this in the context of auto replies from Gmail, where Jono was like, yeah, I'm all in on this. I'll just have the computer reply for me. And I'm like, I will literally type the thing it suggests rather than press its button. <laughs> um, <laughs> and Jeremy has everyone somewhere between the two of us. Yeah. Um, you know, the level, in, the level in which you are a curmudgeon surprises me month on month. I'm like, I'm not giving in, man. No. But, um, yes. so just to, just to set a baseline here for Copilot as well, in full disclosure, none of the three of us have yet been accepted to the beta. So we are not no. going off having used it directly. We are going off, no. uh, information available publicly on the internet it's one yeah. of those traditionally well-formed bad voltage opinions <laughs> well just, i mean just wanted to throw that out there in full disclosure well i mean you yes. would think that um uh, those of you who are um listening to this show and work for github maybe you know go and find the internal google doc with the names of it and put us at the top or something that would be fine but <laughs> until then right. this, this is what you get so there have been um as with all of these things there have been a bunch of people going, you see, this is the first step in AI replacing programmers. <laughs> Bullshit. All these people are morons. And yeah. we 
Just, I mean, I'm not going to happen. I suspect this is one of the few aspects of this that we all three of us agree vehemently on. I just, I mean, this this will replace programmers like Google Translate has replaced professional translators. Or indeed, yes. the Gmail autocomplete thing has replaced writing books. <laughs> yes. Right. I mean, have yeah. you seen... Um, AI is not going to take programming jobs. Yes, no. Nano Genmo is not going to be the thing. Uh, this is... um, th- this. If anything, uh, the pitch for this from GitHub, to the extent they've pitched it at all, rather than just gone, this is what it does, and let other people pitch it for them, um, is much more like what Stack Overflow did to programmers. Right? Stack Overflow has not replaced programming jobs, and loads of people use it for loads of things. And when it goes down, people are like... I've forgotten how to code now, but they haven't really. And and this feels like um, if you want to take a charitable view of it and you think it's worthwhile and it does a good job, then it feels to me like that. And that's exactly how GitHub describe it. They describe it as an AI pair programmer that helps you write better code. Their their um their their verbiage, their language around this is very much here is a tool which assists you. It's yep. They're not. This doing is not this going as- to eliminate expertise. If anything, it might <laughs> yes. slightly redefine what expertise is, but it will augment, yes. not replace. Yes, in, in my opinion. Yep, I, I I can see that. Now, yep, there are a bunch of interesting aspects to this, but one we should probably go into early because we're us is there has been a bunch of discussion about how this interacts with open source license code, and in particular, GPL license code, and whether this is a derivative work and so on and so forth. So I'd be interested in your thoughts on that. So actually, my, my personally, my thoughts slightly changed in doing research for this show. I had mm. initially suspected that it probably was infringing, and after reading Matthew Garrett's post and reading yep. Julia's post, I think I've come... And again, Copilot is very new, so we're going on very minimal information here. But if if it is true that it suggests... Very minimal snippets of code that wouldn't be copyrightable. Taking a maximalist copyright uh, mentality to this would, if anything, be bad for open source. And I don't think that there there would be no true violation here from what I can tell of the implementation I've seen so far. So not to couch it with multiple things, but uh, given the data that I have now, I think that it, it wouldn't be infringing from a legal perspective. Well, ethical perspective, we could debate, but a legal perspective, I, I think I agree with with Matthew Garrett. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem like Copilot is like a, a programming scrapbook, right? Where you're going to start typing something into into Visual Studio Code, and it's going to go and grab bits of open source code from around the internet and assemble them together for you to build an application. It seems like it's generating code that is designed to solve specific isolated problems that you're you're focusing on right there. Now, I think if there was, if it was to pull in like whole classes or whole um methods of open source code into a project i could understand some people being nervous about that especially if it's outside of the license licensing terms i actually think that the idea of this is a separate question but the idea of copilot actually for properly licensed code in you know in a properly licensed setting actually pulling in open source code into projects is a good thing Right, I think that's what we want. We, that's this is Matthew Garrett's point. In his you blog do not post. want to pull in open source code in any automated fashion without respecting the license, which would be what this is. No, 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 no. I'm saying, if, so long as the license is, if I'm writing a piece of GPL software and I and Copilot can help me to solve a problem with another piece of GPL code, and it can make sure it respects the license and all the all the all the prerequisites of the license i think that that's a good thing personally because that's sure. the point of open source but i think what we where we'd all agree is that if open source code is being pulled into projects and it's been used outside of the terms of that license then that's a bad uh, thing and well, I, not ne- uh, this is uh, part of what Jeremy said is about changing views i did exactly the same thing and i was i was quite embarrassed honestly when i read um Matthew Garrett's post, which I will link to in the show notes. Um, but my instinctive reaction to this was very much what the instinctive knee-jerk reaction of a lot of open source people have been, which is if it's pulling in GPL code, um, then that makes the thing GPL. This is clearly making derived works. That's completely unfair. Um, and part of that was that, um, you, 
you look at what they've written about it and they say, yeah, yeah, we're using public code on GitHub and everything. You're like, well, then put the Windows source code in it if you're confident that it's not creating derivative works and it doesn't give away secrets or anything. Have you done that? It turns out you haven't. What a mystery, right? But then I read Matt Garrett's post. And the reason I found it almost embarrassing is it made me feel like a petulant kid because <laughs> that... Which you are. The thing... <laughs> Well, yeah, but I don't like being reminded of it. <laughs> so, um, the the thing he was saying was, and I'm paraphrasing a great deal here, but essentially things like the GPL are not the point. The underlying point is that we want people to share code. Um, and we want when someone writes a piece of code for it to make other software better. And we want software to be able to reach out and touch people's lives. And the way to do that is you don't have to implement the same thing a 50 million billion kajillion times. And people do share and they do work together and so on. And things like the GPL are a crappy hack on top of existing maximalist copyright laws to attempt to make that happen in some kind of very kludgy, inexpert caveman way. And. Yep. So if someone is taking our code that we've written as open source and is using it in other software to make that thing better, the fact that it, whether it is actually making derivative works as per, uh, the GPL's term and so on and as per copyright law is a question for lawyers. And, uh, and there are a bunch of lawyers asking that question and some have come down on one side and some have come down on the other. And it seems like quite an interesting thing if you're a lawyer and you should get involved in that kind of discussion if you are. I think Julia's uh, hot take or not hot take explanation was a good response to most people's hot take in that the the initial line of reasoning that I think Ak and I had very similar is dangerous because it suggests that even reproducing the smallest excerpts of protected works constitutes copyright infringement, which is bad for everyone that's a software developer. Yeah. So, so, so Garrett's point was quite a lot about if you're thinking in terms of, well, that's our copyright and we want to stop people using that because that's ours. You're, you're thinking the way we don't want the world to work. You're, you're playing the gap. You've already conceded the playing field to the sorts of people who think that that is how the world should work. And that if, yeah. if you have a picture of a poster in the background of your film by accident, that the person who did the lettering on that poster now gets to get 10% of the rights to your film or something, right? And we don't want the world to work like that. It does, but we're trying to fix that, right? And, it's and, a letter of the law versus a spirit yes. of the law kind of argument. And yeah. that was yeah, the thing exactly. that that was the thing that made me almost embarrassed because I thought, yeah, I'd kind of forgotten that we're in this to do good. We're not in this to do the GPL. And Garrett seemed to have this much better, kind of more holistic view of it all. But all that said, if I were to be part of an open source programs office for a company that was public. I am. I would highly recommend <laughs> to all employees that they never use Copilot in production code ever under any circumstance <laughs> until this has been adjudicated because there's definitely a risk that is not understood. And, and part of what yeah. we should be doing in, in open source compliance places is mitigating that risk. Yes. So I think we're all in agreement on Matthew Garrett's post. He, he's completely right. Like, we got to look at the bigger picture here of, of free software and open source. I can't believe how much it turned my view around on this. 180 I, degree you know reversal of my opinion. I was astounded. I, so, as you know, I don't like giving you credit. Um, <laughs> um, it's It feels very uncomfortable. But I actually think that both of you very much fall into the spirit of his posts. Like, over the years, of the 200, 300 years that we've been doing Bad Voltage, we've often talked about the spirit of something and the bigger picture and the bigger focus of something. I think the challenge is that it's, it's easy to get wrapped, wrapped up into the, the debate of the day around something. Um, the one thing I would say though is that just from GitHub's perspective, I think they need to make sure that however Copilot is working, um, that it is respecting licenses, um, that people are putting into their projects just because that's the right thing to do. Um, and I think the success for Copilot is going to be to mitigate Jeremy's concerns where you can use it at a, especially because it large... seems like they want to bill for it. Yeah. yeah. yeah like it's so uh, honestly, I feel like um, Jeremy, your concern or the concern of any sensible, reasonably large scale enterprise firm who are going to say, 
we need to not touch this in case two years from now it turns out to be a problem, then people get to dissolve our company by a clerical error or something. Right? That's an existential threat to Copilot. GitHub yeah. needs to have some way of saying this isn't a problem if they want people to pay for it. Whether that's because they win in court and set up case law on this or whether they just promise to indemnify everybody if it does happen or what, I don't know. But basically no one will – everyone's just going to go, it's not worth the risk to us because – if it turns out that this does make derivative works and we have to GPL our entire product, that's the end of the company. So right. we're not doing yes. it. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So clearly, I mean, this is, this is a, a, a success criteria for Copilot is making sure that the code that it's generating can be safely utilizing other projects and mitigate any of the risk attached uh, uh, to that. Uh, I tell you what, I'm not kidding when I say, I mean, I was being slightly facetious originally about Microsoft putting the Windows source code in it. But if they're honestly confident this doesn't make derivative works, it won't copy some kind of actual secret function out of your code and make it available to other people if they just do the right search terms. If it really is the stuff they're saying about how the AI looks at all the code and synthesizes something brand new, put the Windows source code in it and the Office source code in it. They said it will do that thing 0.01% of the time. Right. But then, yeah. but then the reasonable argument from literally everyone is going to be, but then your thing is a GPL derivative, 0.1% of the time. And if you're, sure. if you're not confident about that, then nobody's going to use it. Yes. <laughs> so I haven't looked into this in, a, in, in much detail, but they say that that's from the training set, right? Mm-hmm. How is the training set licensed? It's not. Like, what it's, is it's the all training public, set? all public yes. available code on GitHub, which right. r- is some GPL, some MIT, some ridiculous licenses, yeah, got it. and a very large percentage that have no license at all, which means it is not open source and you should not reuse it in any way. Hmm. Yes. Putting but aside that, I would, get, I would guess, given all of the code on GitHub, there's much more low-quality code than there is high-quality code. So it seems like a weird <laughs> trade. Instead of selecting no. high-quality projects, which would have been a good way to do it maybe um just randomly selecting everything that any person ever threw up seems like now an that's choice. an interesting point is we so we, when we talked about ai and we talked about copy.ai a little while ago we referred to it as glorified autocomplete <laughs> and uh we did um and we made the point that um that uh when copy.ai generates market and copy for you that you do need to go in there it's it's a starting point that you need to then go and edit and improve um i'd be curious to get a sense of to what quality the code that copilot is bringing in where, like where that where that quality lies because if it's consistently provide i mean as we all know there are many many different ways of writing of writing code and you can write incredibly efficient code that is a nightmare to read. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I wonder where they're striking the balance between code that is easy to read, that works effectively, and that if they're pulling it from this giant corpus. I mean, this is where I wish we'd been able to use it because it'd be great to actually do some tests with this. You know, we I mean, can follow we're... up. But I think this is where, to me, legalities of licensing aside, yeah. this is a, a pretty disappointing product from my perspective to come out of a company like this uh, on so many axes that I'm genuinely surprised in retrospect that it shipped. Just so you know, everyone, Jeremy's really fun at parties. Yeah. Um, So so. I usually am. This seems like the kind of thing normally I would like, but I think on the licensing note to wrap that thread up a little bit, legalities aside, GitHub definitely has a history of incenting developers to not care about licensing in a way that genuinely has impacted the next generation of open source developers. They just don't care. They throw it up on, they throw it up on github they don't choose a license and now github kind of encourages you to choose a license which is an improvement but they still enable you to make code public without a license in a way that is unprecedented i would say that's a big claim that they're incenting people to do that it's a big claim what was the incentive? first of all incenting isn't a word but yeah incentivizing before everyone writes into us but yes second yes. thing i agree with i agree with jeremy so carry on. <laughs> right. So so defaults matter. You could argue that historically GitHub did not provide enough responsibility to make sure that people were licensing their code. But what was the incentive for people to not put properly licensed codes on by, GitHub by defaulting to no license and no uh, no in any That's way prompt to add a license? It is defaults matter, and you are incentivized to do nothing unless there's a prompt to do something heavily. 
This, this oh, is why I, defaults oh, matter. It's not an incentive. Uh, okay. So, am I incentivized to get? Am I incentivized to get fat by not exercising? Right, no. So, so the incentive is um, putting something on GitHub rather than not putting it on GitHub. And what Correct. you get is a bunch of public vis- visibility and free offsite backups. Yes. I mean, using that, I, I I agree with you that there weren't there wasn't enough responsibility on GitHub's part historically for this, right? I just I I would challenge that it was an incentive. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> they made it e- they made it too easy for by default to not care about licensing in a way that directly i think led to yeah the next generation of developers just not they're not even the next generation of open source developers they happen to throw things on github not even realizing that licensing matters and i think github right. is at least complicit in that workflow and we, that? we, now, that we have i would we, i think is yeah. we, okay. we have talked quite a lot in the yeah. past as well about how there is a a culture among some of our industry where it's perfectly reasonable to make the top 10% of your product be the stuff you do. The bottom 90% is existing open source code, which you don't yeah. contribute back to and you don't help to fund and so on. And that, yeah, yeah, to me, um, the, the analogy I have for that in my head, that behavior there, but also with what GitHub's doing with, um, Copilot is this is like going, Hey, the world spent a million years crushing dinosaurs into this stuff, oil, and we can use it to run cars. And the stuff that took ages and ages and ages to build up, we can now burn through in like 15 years. Great. And it feels a bit like we've got this big mass of code that has been built up over years and years and years, and now we're mining it. And it's kind of a, um, it's a resource which is not limitless. And we're not doing anything to ensure that there's, more of it being produced it just seems to me like they're doubling down on a bad pattern that they could have easily fixed and this is just a reaffirmation that they don't care but but so i I don't want to spend the whole show on licensing either so you believe that github today do not actively care about licensing i think this is a reaffirmation of i think they changed their tune for a while and now this is a reaffirmation that they don't actually care that was just a marketing push but do do you think that they this is important i think the semantics are important do you think that they don't care or that you that they don't do enough those are two different things i i think this is a signal to me that either they don't care or actively don't understand well enough to be in the position that they're in right so you believe i don't put words in your mouth but you believe that because the licensing component is not a more prominent element of copilot by definition they are reneging on their responsibilities for effective software licensing to be applied to this it's clear to me that not enough thought was given to this before releasing it to the public i think and licensing aside like i think the thing about github to me is they are uniquely positioned to help software developers deploy better code to repackage better code to understand software engineering methodology so much of especially a new person's software development life cycle and learning comes from github that they they're so uniquely positioned to help people get it right and this helps them get it wrong. I mean, what's more difficult than writing code is reading code. So to me what this really should have been, like a good copilot to me would have been like it should be describe what a selected block of code does using AI, not try to do the reverse because if you're new and you're letting it this auto complete things, you are it's going to there's going to introduce inscrutable bugs because you by definition, if you're new, won't be able to understand the code that you're auto-completing. So you're not actually learning. You're just auto-completing your way through in a way that I, I think is actively hostile to people learning sound engineering principles. Do you believe that spell checkers are actively hostile to people who write books and articles and journalists? Mm, no, but if you're saying that good software design principles is the same as spelling errors, I think we disagree. No, my point is, is that I, I think where I see things differently is that so you could argue that GitHub's mandate, I think one thing you touch on that I think is important, Jeremy, is GitHub, massively influential company in software engineering. For sure. And there is a, not just a market opportunity, but there is a responsibility for any company or person who's influential to make sure that people are ideally operating in a way that's you know productive and, and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there is a lot to be said about what GitHub should be doing right? There are many things I think GitHub should be doing that they aren't doing. But I would argue that Copilot is a useful tool for any developer, whether you're an expert developer or whether you're a brand new developer, in writing software more efficiently, more effectively, and getting results more quickly. 
I don't see anything wrong with them doing that. Putting all the licensing stuff to one side, because I think there's yep. some open questions around that. Yep. I don't see how this is an active, where this takes us back. I think tracking down the bugs that this code will introduce will end up taking you longer and you will have learned less. I think it's lose all the way down. You could argue that for any kind of collaborative software engineer. You could say that the concept of a pull request, will sp- you'll spend more time tracking down bugs when someone desubmits code into your project uh, than writing the code yourself. I mean... You could say that. I wouldn't, I don't think, framed that but way. But my point, my point I, what I, I guess what I'm saying is, what's the alternative? Like, it, do you believe that not having co- Copilot is better? It, it would seem to me where Copilot is today... Uh, fleshing it out as a better defined, more understood product would have behooved GitHub and the software community in general, both. What do you think it should have been? What do you think they should have put out there? So, I mean, like I said, I think if it was trained to describe code in a way that a new software developer could say, what does this code do? And it looks through the code base and because it can understand connections and function calls and look at the whole code base and probably understand it better than describe what that function, what it thinks that function was trying to do. Even if that just gave you the hint that led you on the path, I think that would have been a better first set to understand how the model is going to work to work out some of the licensing things wouldn't have really applied there. It seems like a, yeah. given the training set, that would be more beneficial from a product perspective while having none of the problems that this has and still be a cool use of ML that they could then maybe someday, once they understood some of the intricacies and nuances of this, then built this product. Right. I mean, and we should, we should mention this is a technical preview. So some of this stuff may happen, but, but if, so for example, if it was to put some code, if you, if it was to put some code into your project and it was to also explain how that code works, would that mitigate a certain amount of your concerns there? But I think even just the describing first, like you point it at code and say, I, I explain this code to me as a junior developer would go to a senior developer and say, I've been banging my head on this code for hours. Can you help me out here? And you sit down and pro- pair program together and walk them through. That seems like what Copilot 1 should have been. I don't want to write a decent human readable comment of a function and then have AI go and find the function for me. I want to give it the function and have it write the human readable comment explaining how it works. Yes, that would be exactly that. That, that would be a genuinely useful, measurable, measurable yeah, service to humanity. I mean, there yeah. are people trying. So you got people like Codesy who are trying to do this, and loads of other um, uh, startups and tools and things trying to give people visibility into code because we're terrible at it as yep. an industry, as humanity. It's much easier to write code that you can't read. Uh, that no one else can read or yeah. that no one else can follow. And stuff which is attempted to comment your code before does all the pointless comments that you're not supposed to write. Saying things like, this is an integer. It's not interesting, right? That's, yeah. what, that's something is not what you need ML for. It's what you need a compiler for. And the compiler does it and linters for. And that to me is why your, um, your, the spell checking example isn't a particularly good example. Because to me, a spell checker is like a linter, right? It tells you when yeah. you haven't got the indentation right. Um, I, uh, this is like a grammar checker, but turned up to 15. And what do you think of grammar checkers when you're doing writing? If I get moaned at once more about using the passive voice, but I'm like, I know it's in the passive voice because I wrote it in the passive voice. <laughs> Shut up, stupid jumped up script. My, 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 point, <laughs> my point about the, about the spell checker was more about of the course, role yeah, yeah. of assistive, of, of assistive tools Absolutely. in any kind of creative art form. Uh, but I think yeah. what we're zoning in on here is that Copilot arguably should be a suite of different tools. Like I think your, your point about, about, uh, GitHub making it easy to understand how code works, especially when you've got code spread out across tons of different source files. There's going to be dependencies with other tools, other libraries that you're using. I think that's a great point. I mean, I don't think that takes away from their technical preview, but to me, that's another area where GitHub can add value, where they can do something that's going to be useful. I feel like what Copilot does, or is always intended to do, assume for the moment, I will spot them for the moment that it does it. Right? There's a whole other question about whether it actually does it successfully or not. But yeah, I'll, I'll sp- yeah. Yeah, spot, spot them for the moment that it's at least roughly doing what they uh, what they claim it does. Um, I think they've opened a door to this whole kind of licensing question, which needs to be resolved. Um, and 
I'm extremely skeptical that the eventual goal of this thing, which is that it will write you code without a person being involved, I'm extremely skeptical this is possible at all. Because it's, in my opinion, it's exactly the same problem as getting the computer to write a novel. Right? That's what programming is. Um, a whole bunch of people who are not programmers would say it's not like that, and they're wrong. Mm. Um, mm. And so, I mean, what more proof do you need? So, um, but um, that to me is the issue with this. They, they've come out. Yep. They've come out with a thing which has a bunch of complicated licensing things, which either they they thought of while they were working on this, and you would think Nat Friedman of all people would have had this occur to him, right? Bloke, he's run the Gnome Project. Or, so either they thought of it and ignored it, or they didn't yep. think of it, both of which are bad. Because they, they, they didn't even come out the door with a, with a, with a, with an answer to this question. Yep. And they're attempting to do a thing which half the people they're pitching at are going to be extremely sceptical about it being possible. And if they'd attempted to do the thing Jeremy's describing instead, so instead of turn comment into code, it turns code into comments, I th- I think everyone would go, that's great. That's a brilliant thing. That's absolutely fantastic. No one's going to have a single complaint about it. There are no licensing issues, nothing. And like, yeah. do that. <laughs> do I mean, that I, instead. I, that sounds great. I think great. nothing underscores that even GitHub doesn't understand what they released. There's a fact entry that says, who owns the code? Copilot helps me write. And it, the first sentence of that is, GitHub Copilot is a tool like a compiler or a pen. Do you own a pen that just starts writing without you? Yeah, no. It's like, not Even the way they frame it doesn't make a lot of sense, which yeah. tells me they either oh, didn't think it through on. or... Give me a... Give me a break. That's just language. They're not suggesting that there's a pen that writes by itself. The point that they're making is that it's a tool that is one component of how you build software in the same way that you've got a linter that is a tool that is one component of how you build software. That's all they're saying there, to be fair. Mm, Framing and anchoring matter. It it feels feels a weird way to describe it because that's exactly... Not what it's like. I say. I think it's right, much more like a like much more like a grammar checker than it is like a spell checker. A spell checker is mechanical, right? And they're pitching yes. and they're pitching this a good comparison. And they're pitching this like it's a mechanical thing, and it isn't because the whole point of it is that it understands your code base holistically and retrieves the right things for you. If it was a Python script where you typed in a thing, it under the covers did a Stack Overflow search for that and then picked the code out of the top answer with matching tags. That would be a tool like a pen. This is explicitly not that. I mean, yeah. I think we're. St- uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, <laughs> I we're stretching we- the analogies out there. Yeah, a little too yeah, yeah, that's not an yeah. analogy. That's a direct sentence from the fact. That's not very no, long. No, but my point so is, it went I, through I multiple that- rounds of people looking at it, and that that's how they're I- framing it. It's. I, I, I think. I, th- I think they're. Fr- I think they're. I don't think they're reading as much into that sentence as you guys are. And maybe that's a problem. I don't know. <laughs> I read that as, as check it out. It's a tool, right? It's going to help you do some bits and pieces in your code. And if you like it, that's great. If you don't like it, we'll try and make it better. Like, I think that's what they're looking at. I don't think they're looking at it as, as a tool that's got these significant implications for software engineering, right? Now, you could argue that they need to look at it through. I mean, a company their size should realize the scope of who they are and realize that it does have implications. Like, I, I, kind of banged this drum a lot recently, and I guess it becomes more and more obvious to me that it's true, but we, we have an increasingly significant Pollyannish problem in tech, and this is probably endemic of that. So, um, since since you said we were pushing analogies too far, I feel like I'm going to overstretch a whole different analogy. You know the sort of people... Ah, let's do it. You know the sort of people who tell a joke, um, and then when someone calls them out on the subject matter, they're like, oh, it was only joking, it was only joking. You're like... I don't think you actually meant it as a joke until someone called you out on it, right? <laughs> you, you, you were being a dick and claiming that it's a joke. Yeah, exactly. Right. Thing, right? So, yeah. so massively overstretching that analogy. I mean, Jono, maybe you're right. And this is just a tech preview. It's just like a throwaway tool. It, it's, you know, just to try this thing out. It's a trial balloon, whatever. It's not meant to be out there reframing the way we do software. But first of all, it feels kind of like a, we're reframing the way you do software. Oh, oh, everyone doesn't like it. It was just a trial then. <laughs> um, plus, they're, they're Microsoft, right? 
if they're not building a thing which is going to reframe and improve the way we do software, why aren't they? Build that. <laughs> Don't do this instead. <laughs> also, it's 2021. If you could build a notification system that wasn't terrible, product team at GitHub, <laughs> it would be great because every developer I know hates the I notification mean, system. And, and, and it's, it's so fine, integral it's fine, to the though. whole product. It's fine, though, because all they need to do is just open up a text editor to write decent notification system and, hit, and then hit Control-Shift-Tab and it will fill it in, right? <laughs> So <laughs> that was a grotesquely unfair characterization of, of, of Copilot purely for the purposes of comedy, and I felt a little bit guilty about it, but carry on. <laughs> That's okay. Um, so I don't think looking at their website and looking at the messaging that I've seen is I don't think they're presenting Copilot as a way to reframe how we build software, right? I mean, it says right at the top. With GitHub Copilot, get suggestions for whole lines or entire functions right inside your editor. Everything that they're saying is, this is a tool that you can use to help you make software, right? And it excuse, may fill in some code, and there me, may sir. be some issues in that. Excuse me, sir. I have a complaint, sir. Sir, if you scroll down the page a little bit, it says, hundreds of engineers, including many of our own, will be using GitHub Copilot every day. It's transformed the way they work. And then in massive writing, they're quoting Mike Krieger of Instagram saying, this is the single most mind-blowing application of ML I've ever seen. And if you're, if their opinion is really, this is just a trial to see what it's like, what they should be doing is replying to Mike on Twitter and going, you know what? That's not what it is. It's just a trial. But no, what they did was they exerted that quote in 50-point text on their website. Oh, come. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. All right. I mean, so, the tagline is your AI pair programmer. Sure. Yeah, this is – look, my point here is, look, there there is always going to be a certain amount of marketing and headline, like – glitter that is thrown out there right i don't think any company can be necessary well i was going to say any company can be criticized but language is gearing up to criticize them <laughs> right <laughs> for getting people excited about their products that's completely normal we see it compl- everywhere right i'm sure we can go and find many examples on the datadog website and zero examples on the cryogenics website because language is going to call bullshit okay <laughs> <laughs> but my point is is that if you look at the general language here, they're very much framing it as a tool. Now, the Instagram quote, it, I kind of threw up in my nostrils when I read that. <laughs> it, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a little excessive. Yeah. But, but I get, I get what they're doing here, right? They're, they, look, they're basically saying this is a, this is a really cool use of ML. And I, I would agree with Mike Krieger. I think it is. I think this is really cool use of ML, right? Um, is it going to be perfect? No, but I don't think GitHub is saying this is going to completely change the shape of how people build software. I think they're saying is we're building all kinds of different tools, whether it's, you know, improvements to issues or whether it's improvement or GitHub discussions or whether it's GitHub actions and all these different pieces that help software developers make software. And of course, it's not just GitHub. GitLab are doing it and Atlassian and Track. Um, <laughs> is Track around? I. I don't even Tracks know. Maybe wow. I. I don't know. Uh, wow, I don't. T- typing in. Typing in. Track is uh, tracks still around. If If I remember rightly, I, I I looked at something like the FFmpeg website or something, and it seemed to very much be a track wiki still. But and I was like, wow, my god, really? This hasn't changed at all. This is terrible. Wow. <laughs> The, the the front page of the trap website uh, was last modified fifteen months ago, so I'm oh. presuming that the entire trap community was killed off by coronavirus, and the project has ceased to exist. Um, well, the other, website looks like it was created in 2003. <laughs> the website was created <laughs> in 2003, probably. That's why it's okay. It's, right. it's okay though because all the code's in subversion, so it's not. <laughs> 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 yes. Um, all right. Uh, meanwhile, back at the point. So, um, what do you think should? Ha- All right. So, you you two are like those two old guys in the Muppets who like. <laughs> I'm <laughs> what proud do you of think it. needs to happen? What What do you think needs to happen? To I was going to say, Act has proud of it. I'm I'm usually not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what What do yeah. I think? Yeah. What do you think needs to happen to Copilot to resolve your concerns with it? So I think I in detail outlined what I think Copilot should have been and where it should have started. What do yeah, they need to do to get from where, from where right now? I, I mean, there's... <laughs> do, you, do you think drop it? 
Um, I mean, I don't think they'll they'll do that. I th- I think from if if they want to bill their current enterprise customers for this, they need to, if not clear up the legal perception, understand how to mitigate that risk. So it's very clear to those enterprise organizations that using Copilot is not a risk. So that would be step yeah. one. Yeah, uh, yeah st- that's table stakes, right? It, it is so strange that it didn't launch with something that you consider table stakes. From an actual functionality perspective, I think I'd need to use it be- more and actually use it myself to to better understand to give actionable feedback there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm so defending Jono very fractionally. They do explicitly say we're planning on making this commercial product if it goes okay. At the moment, this is partially to see how people use it, and so yeah. I suspect. Um, the how do we convince large companies to pay us money for this part of it? They they were like, we don't have to launch with this because that's explicitly not what we're doing in this first stage, which is fair. It, I yeah. think I still think they there shouldn't have even been this conversation about it, and there was, which means that. But now the whole product's going to be framed as a bunch of legal and open source compliance yeah. teams have actively told their employees not to use it, not, not to touch which it, is exactly. difficult to reframe. And I don't understand, because I can't believe they didn't think of this. <laughs> so I, 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 that, that's a that's a meta level concern. The fact that um, how you can be this involved with the open source community and not understand what the open source community's automatic reaction to this thing will be, and not even the open source communities, but the legal entities at your largest customers. Yeah. Which would be more concerning to me if I were at GitHub? Yeah, yeah, yeah because they're because they're the ones looking to pay. I, I, I do, th- I do think that there's a, a a reasonable argument to be made that um, that there should have been more clarity on on this for sure. Like, I mean, it's a technical preview, so you never, it's never going to be completely finished, right? And I think we all sure. get that, absolutely. And I don't think you need to have all the messaging right for your co- for your commercial company uh, customers and all the rest of it, but I think um, uh, GitHub must have known or should have known that conversations like this would be occurring. Um, now I I'm well, we're all with Matthew Garrett on the spirit of this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, and at least from what I can tell, most people are totally fine. Like I've seen a very limited amount of begrudging about about this when it comes to the licensing piece and the people who were begrudging it are the usual people that begrudge it anyone who tends to complain about this kind of thing right like this is not new these are fully entrenched people in their camp but i i think this yeah it could have been mitigated but frankly in github's defense like what launch from any company ever goes 100% smoothly? I mean, there's always something that you're like, oh shit. I mean, honestly, I I feel like my my larger problem um, thought about the whole thing is not that it's a good idea where they overlooked a bunch of launch stuff. It's that I'm not at all sold on it being a good idea in the first place. Partially because I don't think it can work, and partially because they could have put the amount of effort they put into this into something. I think Jeremy's idea is a brilliant one. I think it would have been materially more useful. Um, and if they put the, the same amount of effort, idea? yeah, yeah, turn code into comments rather than comment into code. You see, uh, I I think that would be very useful. Um, but there's two issues with that being the idea instead of co- copilot. Yeah, one of which you're gonna disagree so vehemently with me that you're going to try and punch me through zoom okay <laughs> one is that i actually think that copilot will have a larger impact on people to a reasonable extent because i think there's a lot of people out there mo- arguably most people out there right now who are maintaining software who are actively working on software already know how their code base works so copilot will add something new now it, when you're learning new code bases when you're joining new projects of course there's a big chunk of work that's going to be involved in it. I'm not saying that the commenting thing wouldn't be useful. That was not the thing you're going to punch me through Zoom, by the way. I know both of you think it is. Wow, I was going to say, because... Okay, even if I agree with you that that's the case, which I don't, but okay, I can see that that argument. There are a whole bunch of individual little startups and tools and people working on um, 
stuff to do the sorts of things you're describing. GitHub are big enough and influential enough that they can afford to take a le- at least a little bit a custodial view of the entire software ecosystem. So they can actually move the needle towards, instead of let's make it easier for people to write more code, they could say let's make it easier for people to write better code. Right, code that's that, a fair co- point. Code that people understand better than they currently do. Um, right. Yep. And and they're not yep. doing that. They're helping people to write more code. And I don't know if right. that's what the world needs. And a but whole, a whole yeah. bunch of companies would say, that's not our problem. We're not in this to define what software is. But GitHub are in this, at least partially for that. They're such a big mover in the sphere that they can afford to affect what software is for, not just how we do it. No one is better positioned. Yeah, that, I agree. I agree with everything you just said, and no one is better positioned. But that's going back to the which of these two features do you work on the commenting thing or or, or, yeah. or copilot? Would you focus on? And yeah. we see things differently there. My point is, is that right now, if you're an engineer, you're maintaining a project, you're working on a project, you already know how the code works. The commenting thing wouldn't add a significant amount of value. It could be help you with commenting your code. That's always useful. However, copilot arguably will do something for you. The thing that you will hate me for when I say this, is the commenting idea, while very useful, is nowhere near as exciting as Copilot. It's a lot more boring. Copilot's going to get a lot more attention um, from the world. Um, and I think that's... I don't uh, even think that's poss- true. There's, so there's two different kinds of attention. Um, one kind of attention is if it does its job well, and it goes and actually does help people get code and it gets the right code and it speeds up progress and everything, then it gets some quite good attention for being a thing. The other sort of yes. attention it gets is the the sort the media like to whip up. It's controversial. And it attracts a lot of attention and discussion and argument and division. I'm hope I hope I don't believe that's the kind of you were talking about. No, no, no. I'm not, and I'm right. not talking about okay. attention, right? I don't right. think GitHub are trying to be controversial. I don't no, think they're no, trying to get no, attention. I don't, I don't no, think they are. And that's, that's the point. What I wanted to clarify was precisely that you weren't saying, I think doing no, 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 no. will get more attention of that kind. Because it will, and no. it has done, but that's a bad thing to want. <laughs> and no, I wish people I, would stop I agree. wanting yeah. this thing. No, I think I agree with you, and I don't think that was their intention. Right. I just think that um, Copilot is a sexier thing than a uh, a, 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 a similar feature or a different feature rather that will go and help you, you to understand you think, and, you think and so? comment code. I mean, for uh, my, I, th- I, I, I do. I mean, I mean, I mean, again, I think the commenting thing that you're talking about should happen. And I think the point that I think Jeremy made, I think it's more than just commenting. If you frame it just as commenting, that, that maybe wouldn't well, be as exciting. People the- ha- yeah, helping people to understand how how to read code and understand it. If you want your AI pair programmer, it would be more akin to me about what I described than what Copilot is. Because when a junior, like I said, to me, a, a poor pair programmer is when a junior developer sits down with a senior one. And if you look at what right. really the junior person wants out of that interaction, it's not Copilot. Yeah, uh, and at if all. you if you watch actual pair programming, there are a bunch of people who think that the pair that the, the pair's job is to sit there and go. Oh, you missed a quote mark there. Not what they're for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what my biggest disappointment with Copilot is, though? That it's not pronounced Copilo. <laughs> <laughs> it shall be, for the rest of this conversation, be pronounced Copilo. All right. My biggest concern, well, my biggest disappointment with Copilot is that I think they missed out on a massive opportunity to, uh, instead of putting code into these projects to put Iron Maiden lyrics. That doesn't seem that hard, dude. I mean, that's what needs to happen. I I bow to nobody in my respect for Maiden and their songs and everything, (laughs) but I feel like lyrically they're not that challenging. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's more of the spell checking kind of approach. Sorry, Bruce, if you're listening, and there are some good ones, right? Passchendaele was good, don't get me wrong, but. I feel like I, I mean I feel like the Markov chain stuff we had in the seventies. You know that um, Eliza thing where it was like, you know, I found a spoon. Do you like your spoon? Tell me more about your spoon. This is the kind of maiden <laughs> level. I think. Are you saying that Iron Maiden's formula of repeating the song title four times in a row for a chorus it doesn't work very well? <laughs> I mean, we literally already have this for ACDC. <laughs> so, brave new world. The, 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 the Python script that someone wrote to um, clone ACDC songs created Airborne. 
So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I am obviously speaking in jest. Um, what else? Is there anything else that we haven't touched on um, as we um, delve down this particular pathway? No, I mean, I feel like we've covered pretty much about everything, haven't we? Uh, I agree. Yeah. Do you think GitLab are gonna are gonna compete with something similar? Well, uh, no, because they're not big enough. I don't think they're pretty big, and they don't have access to OpenAI or that similar. Yeah, services. Uh, this, this this is the thing. Um, you know, <laughs> the- quotes OpenAI. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hi, we've decided to rebrand this closed AI, just in case you were wondering. Um, <laughs> um, this is, you know how um, every time uh, we we get access to like cool new hardware, the universe responds by creating stuff that it can't do, so you have to stay on the upgrade treadmill forever, right? Yes. Um, the sorts of software that can be built seems to work a bit like that as well. So... Um, we used to have a world in which you had to go to software companies to buy software because people could just run naughty little games at home or whatever. And then we went, okay, we'll invent the open source methodology. And now we're at a point where you can build big software like this um, as part of an open source community. And so the universe went, ha, ha, ha. Now we're going to build a world in which you have to have 55 billion, billion, kajillion piles of data and a data store and a, an entire like farm of PCs to get any work done. Which means that only Google and Microsoft and Apple get to play and ordinary people don't again. And it seems really annoying. <laughs> I mean, this is not a, a meta complaint about the software industry as a whole, but it seems that every time we get to the point of going, you know what, it turns out we don't need to go cap in hand to one of eight large companies. The eight large companies go, turns out you do again. Would you believe it? This is the... Uh Regular complaint about capitalism. I mean, don't, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. This is, you know, my, uh, this is this is Stuart's Karl Marx corner. I, I was going to say, <laughs> and that, dear listener, marks the end of another excellent Bad Voltage episode. <laughs> Europe, Europe is haunted by the spectre of communism once again, but um, I, I, I do think it's kind of interesting that um, – because uh, a whole bunch of stuff is AI and ML. And now I've tried looking at a few of these projects and it's almost impossible to hack on because step one is download this 73 gigabyte PyTorch data set or whatever. Yeah. And it's very frustrating. Yeah. And uh, fine, you know, now Zoom can replace the background for you. And as long as you're not wearing headphones, which it will cut out because they're not actually ears. Great. <laughs> and that leads uh, and that leads AI now for reasons that I don't understand, but you know, whatever. But it does seem kind of Do you not find this occasionally frustrating? Uh not really. A little, but the way you articulate it, I find it more amusing than anything. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm. I'm taking a, a, a not insignificant amount of pleasure. Can you keep talking? <laughs> We'll just slowly fade out with you still going. Yes, no, no. Me, me, me being despairingly sad about the software industry is not <laughs> how we want this to go. When did you become our Tory Amos? <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a good question. Listeners, when did I become Tory Amos? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've always been, um, I'm the nice way of describing this is is uh, is a uh, a erstwhile an amusing cynic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start writing poetry in the show notes next. <laughs> that'd that'd be brilliant. <laughs> oh, man. He, actually, world, you might not know this about Stuart Langridge, but he's actually an excellent poet. Um, and uh, we still have that poem you wrote for, wrote for us for our. Vow renewal, I think it was. Yeah, for any for any renewed vows. Yeah, blimey. Yeah, he's that an w- excellent poet. I don't. Again, I feel very uncomfortable applying credit to him, but uh, <laughs> credit where credit's due. Who would have thought that would that that is twice in one episode, which absolutely is a record for bad voltage. I know, Marius. Can you cut this out? Can <laughs> yeah. you cut this bit out, please? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. So, um, yes. Thank you very much, Marius. Who we mentioned there is Marius Quarback of Nerdzoom Media, who does all our yes. editing. Thank you very much, Marius. Wonderful work, Nerdzoom Dot Media, for your um for all your uh, video and edit edit video and audio editing skills. Are you I having a stroke right now? I can't What's going speak. On? What the hell's wrong with me? Um, but yes. Go to nerdzoom.media. The, the, Git, the GitHub death ray has been enabled. I know, right? You see, this is what I, I had a go at them, and now there it is. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, who would have thought that we'd start talking about Copilot and end with poetry? So it's been quite a journey. It's been yes. it's been a journey. And th- thank you, listeners, for joining us on this journey. See that's a nice segue. Um, all right. Uh, before we wrap up, anything? Do you guys have any plans? Anything exciting that you want to share before we close out? I think anything you want to point people towards as data pick yeah. got a new product out, point, Jeremy. We will point them towards the forum where I am genuinely curious what the bad voltage community thinks about Copilot. It's it's been an interesting episode in that we very much agree on a couple aspects and clearly very much disagree yeah. on a couple aspects. Yeah. So I'm we, curious to hear uh, what the bad voltage community thinks. Definitely. And um, we we had a fairly long detailed discussion back in twenty seventeen, um, called the issue of licensing on on the forum and that was about github's um lack of effort in helping people make sure their code was correctly licensed and correctly open source and so on so um you know if it might be worth looking at that before unearthing that conversation again but has it changed in the last three years have they done anything different what are your thoughts on copilot i I would be very interested to hear so community.badvoltage.org yes and also if for some reason i am not on the next episode of bad voltage it is because my wife, who works at GitHub, has listened to this conversation and has murdered <laughs> me in my sleep, even though I'm not responsible. So we're all sorry, Erica. In a similar way to John McAfee, if I am murdered, it wasn't me. Okay, it was Erica. <laughs> <laughs> Just so we're clear. Goodbye. Everybody. All right. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Peace out. Mm-hmm.